In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, we find some thought-provoking words that say this, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the Apostle Paul writing here, and he quotes the Lord Jesus by stating, it is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than to receive. Is that true, though? I mean, I know these are the words of Jesus, so it is deep gospel truth. But is it really more blessed to give than to receive? Because receiving is a lot of fun, isn't it? And I think we all enjoy that. But get this, walking with God, and that's this theme right now. We're considering how can we walk with God in deeper ways by embracing essential Christian practices. So walking with God means that we will be givers. Walking with God means that we will be generous because God is a giver and God is generous. Today we step into the fourth essential practice of walking with God and I think it is captured beautifully in the word give or the word generosity. There's just something about the heart of God in describing him. Like, who is God? And what does God do with his time? Well, there's something about the heart of God and describing him that cannot be separated from giving and from generosity. God is a generous God. He is a giving God. And those who follow him will be generous as well. Now, I think it's really important whenever talking about generosity and giving that we clarify the terms just so that we have some common ground of understanding. Because there's a lot of different ways to be generous, right? We can be generous with our time. We can be generous with our skills and our abilities. We can be generous with our compassion. And by the way, we should say yes to all of those things. We really should. Yes to being generous with our time. That should happen. Yes to being generous with our skills and abilities, especially when it comes to serving the marginalized and those who are vulnerable. Yes to that. Really important. Yes to being generous with our compassion. All of those things are really needed and very important. But I want to set those aside for a little bit today and think about generosity this way. As we consider this, as we talk about generosity, I want us to be thinking about giving and being generous with our money, with our finances, and holding what God has given to us with open hands. Because... In this posture, holding what God has given to us with open hands, I think is the secret to being generous and being a giver like God. So as we talk about generosity today, we are talking about what God has given to us in terms of money and finances, and are we generous that way?
An essential Christian practice involves this component, and it's not something to fear. Often we kind of fear this conversation, like, oh no, where is this going to go, and what does it mean for me? But we really don't have to fear talking about holding what God has given to us with open hands, our money and our finances. It's something we can and should discuss and challenge ourselves with regularly because Jesus pushed on this quite a bit since there is a connection to our money and our spiritual life. There is a connection there. Author Adam Hamilton states it this way, when we read Jesus' words in the Gospels, we find that he speaks about money and material possessions more than he speaks of worship, prayer, and scripture study combined. That's quite a statement. So when you think about the words of Jesus, he talked more about money and material possessions than worship, prayer, and the study of scripture combined. Jesus makes it clear that our relationship with money can either sabotage our spiritual life or deepen and support it. Wow, think about that. Our relationship with money can either sabotage our friendship with God or deepen it. Let's have an honest conversation today, okay? And allow that conversation about God's view of money to deepen our friendship with Him, thus deepening our walk with Him as well. Here's our big idea for today. Being generous with my finances allows me to walk closely with God as I hold what He has given to me with open hands. And again, this is the posture that we want to emphasize when it comes to not my money, but the money God has given to me. We want to hold that with open hands, and that allows us to walk closely with God. Now, here's what I want every person to be thinking about for a few moments. I think this will be a good exercise for us. What type of giver are you? What type of giver are you? I think when it comes to the church, there are five different types of givers. There's probably a few more, but there are at least five, and we probably fall into one of these categories. So if you look at the screen, here are the five types of givers. There's the beginning giver. Maybe they haven't started yet in terms of giving to God's work through the church so that God can accomplish his purposes in that community and around the world. Maybe they haven't started yet, or maybe they've given a couple of times a year, but they're on the journey. By the way, all of these categories are good and necessary, and we respect where we are on the journey, but we're all somewhere. So just think about this. Are you a beginning giver? Maybe you'd say you're a consistent giver, growing in interest and passion, and maybe giving, giving six to 12 times a year. Maybe you'd say you're a tithing giver. This is an individual who gives up to 10% of their income. That's called a tithe. That's a religious word, and it means 10%. And many people do that. They're a tithing giver. Maybe you're an expanding giver who moves beyond the tithe and gives above and beyond. And then there are extravagant givers, and no description needed for that because extravagant is extravagant. All of these types of givers, I think, can be found within the church. And the challenge for us as we move through this time is just think about your category of giving and where do you want to see God 
take you as you contemplate the words of Acts chapter 20, verse 35, where Jesus himself says, you know what, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We all begin somewhere, and that's okay. I want you to think about where you are today and what does God want for you when you consider, again, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Let me encourage you, okay? I want to share just some stories with you about God's generosity on full display here at Valley Point Church. And you need to know, if you are new or newer to this church, there is a culture of generosity that exists here that is inspiring and special. And I see it making a difference. And that's part of who we are. So if you're new or newer and considering making this your faith home, you need to know that's part of what we do here. We call each other up into holding what we have with open hands. And we give things away because freely we have received, so freely we give. That's part of what happens here. If you've been a part of Valley Point for a long time, you've probably experienced the joy of giving and refreshing others. I want to stand on some information here and just share with you how I see this being lived out because, again, I think it's amazing. So, since 2010, think about this. We as a church have given away $679,000 with our Christmas initiatives. And we have another one coming this year that I will introduce on November the 22nd. I want you to be here on that Sunday. Set that day aside because we have some missionaries coming and some local partners as well. We're going to hear from them and the work that God is doing in and through them. And then we're going to set a goal and we're going to raise funds to give to them so that they can do the work God has called them to do. But think about this. $679,000 from our little church. That's what we have given away in the past 10 years, and I anticipate this year that we will go past the three quarters of a million dollars that we have given away in service to people who are helping others see that Jesus lives and they're trying to be a bright light. I think that's really special. In 2014, we ventured into pursuing this building. We had been meeting in the middle school, the Garnet Valley Middle School, for nine years at that time, which turned into 12 years before we moved into our new home. And we just sensed that it was time to come back to this piece of property. A faith-filled group of people started this in 1971, and we love this property. We love our location. That's one of our values. We love where we're planted and want to be a joyous presence where we live, work, and play in this location and anywhere else God takes us. So we just sensed in 2014, you know, we can't stay in the middle school forever. We can't. So it's probably time for us to think about coming back to this piece of property. And so we started to strategize and to pray and to think about what does it mean to have our own home? Well, wouldn't you know, it takes a lot of money to have your own home, whether it's your personal home or a church home. It takes a lot of money. And so we started to think about that. And the number was big and frightening, and it was overwhelming. We even had consultants come in who look at these types of things, and they coach churches through the process, and they looked at our number, 
And we just said, we, we think this is what we're going to need. And here's the size of our church. They looked at that number and said, hmm, <laughs> I don't know. Like, we don't see it. We're not so sure you can do that. We were half the size of church that we are today. And they were a little skeptical that that type of church could raise what was needed to have this type of home. So we continued to pray about that, and we sought the face of God, and we just sensed it was time to do this. Not only did we meet the amount needed, we exceeded it by 20%. In fact, it's actually better. We exceeded it by more because the experts say you can only anticipate on getting 80% of what is committed. So we asked people to make three-year commitments, and the experts say, you're only going to get 80% of that for a variety of reasons, so that's what we planned on getting. That's how we budgeted as we prepared for our new home. Not only did we exceed that 80% mark, in total, we raised 120% of what was committed back in 2014. Just an extraordinary move of God. A few years ago, I had a dear friend in our church, and their son passed at a very young age. And it was a very difficult time for this family. And they didn't have the financial means to put together a funeral. So other people in our church, and I, I want you to hear the story because this is what happens here. People stand up and they rise to the occasion. People heard about this particular family's need and they came to me and said, you know what? We're going to pay for that funeral because this family needs to grieve in dignity. And so they put that money together and we paid for that funeral. Individuals did that right here. That's the type of generous culture that exists. And I can't often share those stories, but it happens over and over and over again. People just saying, there's a need and I'm holding what God has given to me with open hands. And people did that even with a funeral, something that really helped this family walked through that time. You know, the regular generosity that occurs here allows us as a church to be a good neighbor to the Garnet Valley High School. We would say we're not just neighbors. We're friends as well. And they say the same thing about us. We have a great relationship with them. I think everybody knows that COVID has been very disruptive to life. And I think it's been particularly disruptive to young people, to students who are missing out on sports and events and activities and certainly the seniors who graduated last year lost out on a whole host of things. And this year students are missing out on sports and activities and events, but things are starting to happen again, which is great to see. Just this past Friday, because of your generosity, we were able to sponsor a fireworks show after the football game. Yeah, it's good. It was fun, wasn't it? You can clap for that. It was a surprise for everyone as they didn't want to announce this for sake that, you know, too many people would be there in social distancing and all of that. So it was a surprise for the players, for the parents, for the students who were there. And we love our neighbors and want to surprise and delight and feel that God has called us into that, and your generosity makes something like that possible. Here's actually an email I received from someone. The fireworks were fantastic. The reporter who covered the game was amazed. I've been covering high school sports for over 40 years and have never seen anything like this. 
That about says it all. We are very fortunate to have such thoughtful, community-minded neighbors. And again, that all happens because of the regular generosity of people saying, you know what, we're going to hold what we have with open hands and contribute to this particular faith community so that God can accomplish His purposes here and around the world. Your regular generosity enables us as a church through benevolence to help those walking through really difficult times. We have a dear sister in our church who had a devastating loss this past year. And because of what you give, we are able to provide some professional counseling for her. And that counseling is helping her stand today. And she's thriving as a result of what she received from us. Speaking of benevolence, since I announced in March that it would be necessary to provide more to our benevolence fund in light of COVID. And we wanted to be ready to respond to people who lost jobs or needed help with groceries or paying bills or whatever the case might be. We wanted to be ready to respond to that quickly without having to go through a lot of paperwork and such. We want to just be able to say, hey, we heard about this and we're here. We're ready to help you. And as a result of just talking about that since March, $27,000 has come into the Benevolence Fund. Most of that has already gone out and is in use and helping people going through difficult times. I could sit here and share story after story after story with you of God providing through each and every one of us who generously open up our hands and recognize that God has blessed us and it is more blessed to give than to receive. I could share story after story after story. It's shocking and beautiful and godly. As much as God has done in and through all of us, I think there's still more to accomplish. I think there's more to do. I think there are more generous opportunities out in front of us where we have the chance to step up and step into needs. And I want to be ready personally to do that. And I want our church to be ready to do that as well. So I want to share three points now on how to live generously Living out the spirit of what we see in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, about how it's more blessed to give than to receive. So what does that look like? Here are three thoughts. Number one, God owns everything. And may we remember that as we think about my money. Well, if we've trusted in Jesus alone to rescue us, it's not really my money. God actually owns it all. And when we have the mindset that it's mine, we tend to hold everything really close for fear that there may not be enough for me. But when I understand that God owns it all, and I'm simply a manager or a steward of what God has entrusted to me for this particular season, well, then I can be free and I can share what he has provided because I understand that God owns it all. So may we remember that God owns everything. Thinking point number two, generosity is the path to a great life. <laughs> it's just a better way to live. It really is. And that's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive because generosity is the path to a great life. And then the third thinking point is generosity refreshes others. So God owns everything. Generosity is the path to a great life and generosity refreshes others. One of the great joys I have as being the pastor here is 
giving things away because of the generosity of God's people here. And it's a lot of fun. When I get the chance to sit with a ministry partner, whether it's local or a missionary in a distant land, and just say, you know what, God's people have responded. They answered the call, and here's something for you so that you can do what you need to do. I'm always amazed at how grateful they are and how humbled they are and overwhelmed that there's a faith community thinking of others first. And I love that response because it tells me they're grateful for us and for what we're doing and that we're thinking about them and want to provide for them. That's one part of the joy of giving. The other part that I have is watching you experience the joy of actually giving. And I see that over and over and over again when we roll out these initiatives and when we say, hey, God is calling us to do this, whether it's benevolence or a Christmas initiative or a building program, whatever the case might be, to see the joy in people who say, okay, freely I have received, so freely I give. Generosity is truly just a great way to live. It is. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find 1 Timothy chapter 6. I want to bring this home by reading three verses from the Apostle Paul. He's writing to a young leader in the church by the name of Timothy, and he's encouraging him with how to talk about giving and generosity. So here's what the Apostle Paul says in verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. And in the construction of the sentence there, it means not to place their hope in this or not to have confidence in money. Well, why is that? Well, Paul goes on to state, it's because it's so unreliable. So teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money because it's unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. There it is. God owns everything. So don't trust in money. That's unreliable. Trust in God. He owns it all. Verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good. Generosity. It's the path to a great life. So tell them, you use your money to do good because generosity is the path to a great life. And then he goes on to say in verse 18, they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And we share with others because generosity refreshes others. Paul concludes this by saying in verse 19, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. And the issue here was not whether people had wealth. There's nothing wrong with wealth. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with having lots of money and lots of wealth. It depends on what one does with that. And this is what Paul begins to press into here. Does one use their wealth for themselves or do they use it for others? Paul was writing to a Jewish crowd and in this culture, they valued charity, giving. 
and generosity. So he's saying, okay, tell those who have means. Don't trust it. Don't put your confidence in that. It's unreliable. Trust should be in God. God owns everything. Tell them to use their money to do good. Generosity is the path to a great life. And they should be good in, in works and be ready to share their wealth with others. See, generosity, it refreshes others. So three points. It falls right out of 1 Timothy chapter 6. God owns everything. Generosity is the path to a great life. And generosity refreshes others. We call these three points here at Valley Point our theology of generosity. What does God want for us? Well, it all flows from this platform. God owns everything. Generosity is the path to a great life, and generosity refreshes others. And because of that, we can stand on the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 20. Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense that it is more blessed to give than to receive because God owns it all, and he will provide. And generosity is just a great way to live because it's the path to a great life. And my generosity, it refreshes others. It really does. So what do we do with all of this? Well, let me share some takeaways with you. Number one, I would encourage everyone here to memorize the three theology of generosity points. And I think this is a good idea because when we fear or when we're frightened that we may not have enough or when we walk through a period where things are taken away from us, loss of job or whatever the case might be and things are a little slim, we can go back and say, I'm going to stand on this in days of plenty and in days of little that God owns everything. Generosity is the path to a great life and generosity refreshes others. Okay, let me do it again. God owns everything, right? Generosity is the path to a great life and I'm just going to remind myself of this and generosity refreshes others. God owns everything. Generosity is the path to a great life and I thought some of you might actually start saying it with me. Generosity is a way to refresh others. These are great points. And when we walk through a down period, when there is a dip, this may be all we need to hang on to, but I would posit it's all we need, all we need to live the kind of life God has called us to live. So memorize the three theology of generosity points. Number two, go for a fantastic return on investment through the church. Just go for a fantastic ROI, a return on investment through the church. You know, God has ordained the church as his means of sharing the greatest message of hope in all the world. Like, this is how God is doing it <laughs> through us, through Valley Point and other churches as well. But we are ordained by God to live out the story of Jesus and be bright lights. I can't think of a better way to have a return on investment with my money than by working through the institution that God has called to be a bright light. That's us. And that should encourage you and fill you with hope. I think there's a great return on investment here, and hopefully some of the stories have encouraged you today with how that's happening within our church. But the church is a great opportunity to give to God so that he can accomplish his purposes in our communities and certainly around the world. It's a great opportunity. In 2016, John Cortines and Gregory Balmer wrote a book entitled God and Money, How We Discovered True Riches at Harvard Business School. The authors were young MBA students who met in a Bible study and they were working through things related to money and scripture 
and they put their thoughts together and wrote this book that talks about how scripture gives a clear and consistent narrative on wealth and our money. It does. And here's what they said. We can amplify our return on investment by being generous as a community. Church-wide initiatives allow us to leverage our collective generosity to more effectively serve God's kingdom. So the challenge here is that collectively we can do more together. Like in the past 10 years, give away over $670,000. We did that together. And there is a wonderful return on investment when giving in and through the church. We should pursue that. The third takeaway. Identify the type of giver you are today and determine where you want to be in the next three months or by January 31st. What type of giver are you today? Are you a beginner or somewhere else on that scale? Just determine where you want to be by January 31st and then work backwards from there and set some milestones, set some guides and some goals. It's the end of the year. There's a Christmas initiative and 2021 is coming. And what does that mean? Just work backwards from January 31st and determine what kind of giver do I want to be. By the way, if you're a young person in the room, in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, I would encourage you to think about what type of giver do you want to be? This isn't just for adults and for moms and dads. It's for you as well. And here's the deal. You have a lifetime to be generous. So you have greater opportunity than a lot of us. Some of us only have a little bit of time left. Not to frighten anybody, but, you know, there is an end to all of this. But if you're young, you've got a lot of time to be generous and to be extravagant and to hold what God has given to you with open hands. So you need to be thinking about what type of giver do you want to be and where do you want to see God take you? Because you have this wonderful opportunity in front of you over a lifetime to push back the darkness and be a bright light as you walk with God. So identify the type of giver you are today and then set some measurements. And then the final takeaway is this. Join me on the journey of choosing to live on less so that we have something to share with God's work. Tanya and I do this. We've intentionally chosen to, to live on less so that we have something to share with God's work so that God can accomplish his purposes here in our communities and around the world. And I share that with you because I would never encourage you to do something that I'm not attempting as well. I don't want to live that way. We've chosen to do this, and the collective stories we have of God's provision, no regrets, no regrets, no regrets of what we have collectively been able to do together and our part in that. It's a great way to live. It's a great way to live. So join me on the journey of generously sharing. Here's the big idea. Being generous with my finances allows me to walk closely with God. Remember, we're talking about how do we deepen our walk with God and what are these essential practices? We've talked about worship and prayer. We've talked about study of scripture and service, right? Followers of Jesus do all of these things. They are essential if we want to deepen our walk with God. Well, today we've added to that giving. And yeah, there's a lot of ways to be generous, but God does call us to hold what we have with open hands because God owns everything. Generosity is the path to a great life and generosity refreshes others. So being generous with my finances allows me to walk closely with God as I hold what he has given to me with open hands. May God give us the strength and the courage and the passion 
to walk with him this way, this week and in the days to come. Father, we are thankful for time today to look at Acts chapter 20 and be reminded of what Jesus said. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Receiving's fun. We all enjoy that and benefit from that as well. But the thought here today is, let's deepen our walk with God by giving. God is a giving God, and those who follow him should be the same. God, I confess to you that my natural posture is to hold the money you have given to me with closed hands and to pull it closely for fear that I may not have enough. That's my natural posture. But as someone seeking to live out the story of Jesus, as someone trying to deepen their walk with you, I need to hold what you have given to me with open hands because you're the owner. I'm just the manager. Freely I have received. So freely I give. God, would you call me and would you call our church up into this essential practice? Knowing that when we are generous, we're acting very much like God. Who loved the world so much that he gave. We all benefited from that. I'd like for you just to keep your head closed, head bowed, your eyes closed for a few moments. For you to think about what God may be whispering into your heart right now. What is God saying to you? What does God want for you in relationship to giving? some fears would you just take all of that and meet us individually and take us to the place where you want us to go regarding a generous heart a heart that understands it is more blessed to give than to receive God, do a special work in our faith community. There's so much generosity here. It's truly a beautiful thing. Continue to do a work in us. Call us up into greater things as we hold what you have given to us with open hands. Help us to do that now, we pray in Jesus' name.